y'all. This is Chris Roth here with Bushido Squirrel with your weekly knock activism wrap up. Uh, today, it's, I mean, okay, let's just be honest here. It's been one hell of a week in Los Angeles and around the entire fucking country. Uh, so many things have been happening. It's just absolutely insane. We're going to be talking about uh, City Hall corruption here in L.A. that is going pretty much completely unnoticed because uh, we have, like, the Los Angeles Police Protective League trying to do a coup d'etat with the mayor. Uh, we've got, like, all sorts of crazy stuff. Massive protests, massive unrests, a bunch of lawsuits that absolutely need to be talked about, some bullshit co-opting uh, attempts by a bunch of neoliberal shitbags. Um, pardon my French. Uh, but yeah, it, it's, it's, it's been a week. Uh, how are you doing Bushido? I'm doing all right. It's, uh, it's definitely been super, super busy. Um, today there's a bunch of actions planned around LA. I think yesterday there were nine actions around the city. Um, it's going to be interesting. I have no idea how it's going to go. A friend of mine is at, uh, uh, Dodger Stadium right now. We're recording this on Saturday morning. Uh, he's getting his COVID test with his girlfriend, and nice. he says there's an absolute army of cops gathering up there in Elysian Park. So, no. um, yeah, uh, I don't know where I'm going to be heading today. It's going to be it's going to be interesting. I hope everyone gets home safe. I also want to flag in uh, the city of of Washington D.C. They're expecting about two hundred thousand protesters to show up. The Can't National Guard is. is, yeah, the National Guard is surrounding the White House right now, but none of them are armed. Um, from what I've been reading, most of the guard, if not all of the guard, has been ordered to not bring weapons, or if they do have weapons, to not have any ammunition in their magazines. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was a decision, a decision made by Mark Esper, who's the uh, current acting uh, Secretary of Defense. So not the worst thing in the world, and I hope everything remains peaceful there, but there are a shit ton of federal cops and other law enforcement, um, and the National Guard has been bussed in from 34 other states. Uh, so it's... It could be a really tense day, but I'm hoping that everything goes very, very smoothly. Uh, but let's, well, before we get too far into that, because we're going to be getting into that stuff uh, pretty soon, yeah. let's talk about uh, the coronavirus, because that's still happening. Uh, California opened up two weeks ago. How's that been going? Uh, it's not been going well, but actually, very, really quick before we go into that, if there is anybody who's watching this live, um, I want to flag for you that there is a protest that Black Lives Matter is going to be attending uh, at noon at Century City uh, at the uh, ICM Partners building at 10250 Constellation Avenue. Uh, please, please head on out that way and show some solidarity for BLM if you are watching this now and have time to get over there. Please, please do. Um, but yes, back to the more uh, scheduled podcast content here. Uh, let me just make our logo go away on the screen and... Okay, so uh, we are in the midst of reopening everything here in uh, L.A. County for sure. Uh, and yet the state of affairs when it comes to the number of coronavirus cases really is pretty much not getting any better for us. It is pretty, it's kind of flat these days, but it's not getting any better. Um, the state of affairs for the state of California, however, not good. As of 9.13 this morning, we currently have 126,329 confirmed cases of COVID-19. That's more than 16,000 past what we had on Sunday when we last recorded. Um, we had 3,327 of those new cases coming in just yesterday. This graph is still climbing. It's not getting better. It's really insane that we are just rushing to open everything up right now. Uh, also, just to point things out to folks, I saw, like, when I was out at protests, 
the protesters were all wearing masks. The people who weren't yeah. wearing masks were the fucking cops. Yeah, uh, no, well, when, uh, when Palka showed up at Garcetti's house, and we'll talk about oh, that yeah. in a bit, he wasn't wearing a mask. Nope. He hasn't been wearing a mask in any of the publicity photos of him, like, kneeling or doing any of that bullshit. Fuck that guy. Um, okay, when it comes to the number of deaths by day here in uh, the state of California, uh, we're currently at 4,538 deaths in the state. Uh, 84 of those deaths came yesterday. Uh, so the seven-day trend line is was going down, but the likelihood that that's going to keep being the case seems pretty low. Uh, we're currently at, um, let's see, back to Los Angeles. We've got 61,000. Can't do the commands for the slideshow in that app. We're at 61,000. Sorry. 61,000. We're technical directing on the fly. This is, this is very complicated stuff. This is how we do it here. Uh, we're at 61,074 cases uh, of con confirmed cases of COVID-19 here in Los Angeles County. Again, 913 this morning is when those statistics are live to. We had uh, a whole, what was it, 1,357 new cases yesterday. We're at 2,567 deaths in, uh, in the county uh, due to this virus. 35 of them came yesterday. And just as a friendly little reminder for everyone for a bit of a, you know, how this plays into the state levels here, Los Angeles County is home to roughly, let's say, 25% or so of the state's population. Uh, but we currently have 56% of all reported deaths due to COVID-19. Those are all happening here in L.A. County. But yeah, fuck it. Yeah. Let's open everything up. I'm, yeah, fuck this. Um, one good thing, uh, and I'm, I'm really hoping that this stays a trend that we've had but i'm disinclined to think that that's going to end up being what happened that hospital hospitalization rates for covid19 have actually been pretty level uh since the safer at home order went into effect but of course now that we're reopening we've got what another week or so before we're going to be expecting to see any kind of an impact from this rushed reopening and what that's going to do to the hospitalization rates uh, this could be very bad. The reason why things flattened out was because we actually had uh, some of the better sets, sets of orders that were going into place to try to keep people safe and keep the hospitalization rates down so that we didn't get completely overwhelmed like they did in Italy, where people are just having to make a decision of, oh, you've got COVID-19. We can't do shit for you. You're going to have to die. Um, it's awful. So a couple of the things that are going on right now that are still in place as far as the orders and the rules, the county order for safer at home is still in effect until further notice. Face coverings, residents are still ordered to wear face coverings in public and at all essential businesses. Uh, essential retail is currently considered to be grocery stores, pharmacies, banks, and post offices, and those are still open. Indoor and outdoor retail shopping can reopen currently at 50% capacity. Restaurants are allowed to now do dine-in, but only household members are allowed to be uh, sitting at the same table. Bars are still closed. Gyms are still closed. Golf courses, drive-in movie theaters, barbershops, and salons are reopening. We have got parks hmm. that have their trails. Uh, and So the trails and county parks are open. State park campgrounds, parking lots, and indoor facilities are still closed. Uh, beaches, we've got the trails and county parks that are reopening. Uh, state park campgrounds and parking lots and facilities are closed. Schools, most K-12, K-12 through schools are distance learning, so you got to do all that Zoom classroom stuff, good times. Colleges are currently set for online coursework only. When it comes to the government, uh, only the essential functions are currently being managed. Uh, that's why we still get to have 
Los Angeles City Council members meeting over Zoom, uh, getting to have that little peek into their living room situation, or when Marquise Harris-Dawson decides to do his outside in the sunshine. Those are always my favorite parts of the meeting, getting to hear the birds chirping as Marquise reads from motions. Uh, but the uh, you still get to see Nuri Martinez sitting in a very, very empty council chamber, which, by the way, this week, you could hear the protests mm-hmm. picked up on the microphones, and that fucking ruled. Uh, gatherings uh, for people, yeah, you're still only technically allowed to be gathering member- with members of your household. Um, the in, the enforcement of these things, uh, yeah, it's kind of yeah. up for debate as to what they're actually doing. I saw a whole bunch of people uh, out at the restaurants here in downtown that have started reopening, and they definitely were not engaging in mask uh, etiquette or social distancing, and yeah. don't think that they were living in the same household. Well, and it's it's uh, up to the the restaurants to enforce the rules. Correct. Like the city is not coming in and like not sending out health inspectors to make sure this is happening. And uh, being a very high margin business that's very stable, we all know that <laughs> restaurants will follow all of the rules to the letter uh, because they're super committed to that sort of stuff. So uh, yeah. it's still kind of scary out there. It's also in the context of the protest. Like it's hard to socially distance in a protest. Um, yes. It's really hard to socially distance when you're getting chased by the cops. So that's ad- adding into this as well. Um, I've been out on the streets because uh, I feel like it's it's worth it. But at the same time, this is going to be, uh, there's going to be an effect to that. And yes. I don't think we can deny that. It's just rock in a hard place. Um, we really like, a couple of Zoom calls, maybe some GCAL invites. Like, I think we could have scheduled the revolution a little bit better. Like, that's going to be my delta for, for this. Is just like, you know, just if we could have all been on the same page and maybe, like, had the, the pandemic, like, hold off or, you know, finish up a little bit sooner. I think we would have been at more capacity. But, you yeah. know, you got to roll with it. So, speaking of protests, let's uh, go ahead and talk about those. Because there's been a lot going on around L.A. Uh, we had actions every single day this week. Um, a lot of them were a lot more peaceful than what we saw last week, which has been good. Uh, we did see the guard deployed, uh, to different parts of California, um, sorry, to Los Angeles, uh, and, uh, not just downtown LA, but Santa Monica, all the way down to Long Beach. Um, they're, they're out there. They've got guns. Uh, I, I believe that their guns are loaded. Like in Mm -hmm. DC, the national guard doesn't have ammo here in LA. Those guys have ammo. Uh, we also know that even if they don't have ammo, LAPD and LACSO have plenty of ammo and they've been using it incredibly liberally. Um, we didn't see any major escalations this week, kind of after the weekend. Things, LAPD seemed to back down a little bit. And I think we do need to comment on that, that compared to the brutality that we're seeing in a lot of other cities that we'll talk about a little bit more in depth later on in the segment, LAPD this last week has been very restrained, um, which has been weird. Um, we were out at Eric Garcetti's house on, uh, that was Tuesday. I uh, kind of tried to surprise him. The cops found out about it because they always do because, you know, loose lips and whatnot. Actually, but it, quick, quick clarification on that one. We thought that they found out about it ahead of time, but I don't think that they actually did. There might have been some undercovers that were there at the protest, but those, yeah. but the SUVs that were following us were celebrities. They were rolling, oh, they were slow rolling okay. behind us in their, uh, that's SUVs. actually, you know what, you know what, we're, we're going to talk, touch on that right now. So, yeah, let's uh, just go ahead and up. Into so, that. well, actually, you know, before we get oh. to that, let me, let me finish on Garcetti's house real quick. Sure. Cause a lot of those celebs also showed up at the protest the next day, which we'll get to. Uh, but this one, like Nick Cannon was ostensibly there. Uh, there was a lot of really good speeches. Uh, LAPD was lined up in skirmish lines, kind of cutting us off 
at uh, 6th Street so that mm -hmm. we couldn't go any farther north. Mm -hmm. uh, and then a whole big crowd ended up joining us because that was the plan was to tell more people to show up there. And they did by the thousands. Yeah, and did. LAPD brought out uh, Captain Corey Palka, the uh, kneeling cop, and he actually had his his troops back off. Like, they pulled around the corner and they opened up the street. Their skirmish lines disappeared. Not a single rubber bullet was fired. Not a single tear gas canister was displayed. Uh, BLMLA decided to wrap up at curfew um, and advised everyone to go home. Um, if you wanted to stay, you could stay. Um, it looked like around 150 people stayed and ended up getting arrested by LAPD, including Jamie King, one of Taylor's squad, uh, just kind of taken an arrest there to fight the curfew. But again, it wasn't super escalated. Like, it was very peaceful. Uh, the police gave, like, a pretty big buffer before they arrested people. Yeah. They still fuck with them. Like, once they arrest you, they're still keeping you on buses for hours. It's still a lot of people to process. They definitely don't make it a comfortable process. They no. could be doing it catch and release. But they they were using curfew as an excuse. Like, oh, I arrested you at 8 p.m. Curfew's in effect until 6 a.m. Mm -hmm. So that means I have to hold you in custody until 6 a.m. Instead of, like... I don't know, giving you a ride home? Like, that seems like the better solution there in the age of COVID, but whatever. Uh, but let's talk about some of the celebrities that showed well, up Wednesday, because Wednesday, Black Lives Matter took over yep. all of downtown LA. Yes. Um, actually, uh, I, I, I just pulled a clip while you were talking, um, and I'm hoping oh, this is going to work. This is uh, from... Mayor Garcetti's protest, just to give people a bit of a context in case they somehow missed what was going on, because it, you know, uh, not everybody's glued to the news the same way that we are, and, or being in the <laughs> news the same way that we are. Um, but yeah, so if we uh, take a look at this clip, you're going to recognize this, I think. Let me make sure that you can oh, hear it's the a, yeah. audio. It's Woke Dad. Gar yeah, Garcetti's neighbor. Uh, yeah. Oh, nope, wrong button. Uh, I can do this, I promise. Actually, let me let me restart this really quick. Bear with me. I'm sorry. There we go. So you can see this massive crowd, massive crowd. Yes, howdy, it's David. Occupy Garcetti's indeed. <laughs> this guy's so good. This dude gets it. This is, is just, I love that clip because it's just like, look, boomer white dude clearly fucking gets it. Uh, also, apparently yep. his kid is super cool. Uh, but the, the best thing from my perspective is that it shows just this sea of people that showed up. And just to touch back really quick on what happened here, we managed to get LAPD to concede an intersection. This is just a few well, and days. Also an intersection like that had been closed off to all traffic just oh, a yeah. few days before this. Uh, no, well, it was an intersection that had not only been closed off to traffic like straight up. 
it was closed off for a block in either direction. Like I drove past and looked and you couldn't get within a block of that intersection on in a car at all. And we yeah. had so many people streaming from the north side of Irvine of Irving rather coming down that street that they just basically found themselves in a situation where we kind of cattled the cops. And that's something new. That is something that I don't think LAPD was in any way prepared for. And it fucking ruled. Uh, so, yeah, that was that was a ton of fun. Thank you for bearing with me with the, the clip rollout. Uh, it is kind of fun to know that we can do that live while we're going on the air. Um, but yeah, let's go ahead and hop back over to those celebrities that, uh, you wanted to point out. So, uh, yeah. So yeah. these were some folks, uh, you know, for my regular jobby job, I, I edit videos about entertainment news for a YouTube channel. Um, so it was kind of fun. So this weekend we saw, or sorry, this week we saw, uh, Cara Delevingne, uh, showing up at the protest on Wednesday, um, which we're seeing an interesting, like, intersection between celebrity and Los Angeles here in terms of mm -hmm. protesting. And, like, we're even seeing people like uh, Ben Affleck showing up at protests with Black Lives Matter sign. Apparently one that he hand wrote off of, like, a page of script or something because it's got <laughs> the three hole punches in it. But then we got – we also have, like, celebrities that have kind of been – weird about where they stand politically. Like, let's go to this Kanye clip, uh, which we don't really need the sound up for it, but Kanye showed up at a protest in Chicago. He also donated $2 million to uh, families that have been affected by this. Ahmaud Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and George Floyd. He also started a 529 college find for uh, George Floyd's daughter. And, like, that's all great, but the guy's also a billionaire. You know, he's got a lot more that he could give. He also has been very much, like, in Trump's corner. So him kind of having not said anything about the BLM movement for a long while and, like, wearing that MAGA hat and talking about how he likes Trump and then doing this is a little bit, like, all over the board. He also showed up trying to be, like, super low profile, which yeah. is kind of hard to do if you're, if you're Kanye, especially <laughs> when you clearly by... have, like... <laughs> Bodyguards, like you can clearly tell which guys there are like there to like kill you on behalf of Kanye if they have to. Uh, uh, yeah. And then uh, next we have Halsey, who's actually been out on the ground in L.A. I believe she was at the the protest in Fairfax. She was at another one in Hollywood, actually doing the street medic thing and like helping people. Um, and has been out there with other folks like Machine Gun Kelly and um, one of the dudes from Blink One Eighty Two, like carrying signs and marching in Hollywood. And like it's kind of nuts to just see f people who are worth a shit ton of money and have a huge following jumping in and doing this and getting the message and understanding what we're saying and picking up that narrative. Like for the people who have been jumping onto the eight can't wait bag bandwagon, there's oh, also we'll some like super fucking radical celebrities. Yeah. We'll, we'll hold off on that one. But then the last video I want to show is Jake Paul. Who's just like this YouTube influencer dude, but this is him setting off fireworks in the mall that I grew up at the Scottsdale fashion square. So he went looting in Scottsdale, even though the protests in Phoenix were like, 10 15 miles away in downtown phoenix um and how this happened in scottsdale is kind of amazing he has been charged with a misdemeanor because of this um uh, but it's it's pretty gnarly to watch and like just a reminder like not all celebrities are good um and we are seeing just as not just as many but we are seeing like celebrities who were trying to use this to like profit off of that but we see that shit all over the place and again not to like get into eight can't wait too soon but you know names like deray are of course gonna pop up again but let's uh yeah. Let, let's see Jake Paul fucking up uh, my hometown mall. <laughs> so, what, they're using, like, Roman candles and they don't understand how they work? 
Yeah, I don't I don't really know. But yeah, that's a. Uh, <laughs> That's the, the hoity-toity <laughs> mall in Phoenix, Arizona, where everybody goes to buy their expensive shit. Uh, but yeah, then on Wednesday, so Wednesday's action was a continuation of the Wednesday yeah. vigils that we've been doing at Jackie Lacey's mm-hmm. um, and that BLM has been sponsoring and like hosting for more than two years. Yes. Uh, and this is the second one that's happened in kind of the post-lockdown phase. Uh Completely peaceful, very different than what happened uh, the week before that when uh, protesters seized the 101 and were met by uh, CHP cars and then met by uh, batons and tear gas and rubber bullets uh, after that happened. Uh, And then what's been happening since the curfew was lifted Thursday night is there's been a block party erupting at City Hall. Very peaceful. A couple hundred people. um, Probably going to be a really big one tonight. We'll see how that, you know, all rolls out. But... For the most part in L.A., things have been, like, good this last week. People have still been being arrested for curfew, and it hasn't all been perfect. I don't want to pretend it is. There's been a lot of arbitrary and stupid arrests. Absolutely. It's going to clog up the courts for a while. 2,600 people have been arrested in the city of Los Angeles. The vast majority of them, the vast majority, I think 140 people out of that 2,600 have been arrested for looting or something like that. Uh, But the vast majority are just for curfew violations or— for failure to disperse. And I think that we actually uh, have the title of accounting for something like 30% of all nationwide arrests relating yeah. to these protests right now. It's about 4,000 so, people across the nation have been arrested. The, va- the More than half of them in L.A. In LA oh, jeez, it's more than half. Okay, yeah. yeah. Fuck yeah. you, LAPD. This, By the way, the fact that LAPD... And, and LACSO. Yeah, but the fact that they don't seem to get that this is about them and that, you know, fighting... Fighting protests against police brutality by, you know, slamming down with police brutality. Not a fucking good path forward when you're trying to, like, quell an uprising. If you want to. Well, it's also like LAPD has 88 PR officers. You know, the the kneeling with protesters thing that didn't come from nowhere. Like the captains got together with their PR people and were like, how do we make ourselves look better? How do we win the PR narrative? So they send out Corey Polka, who's got like a pretty good media presence for just being a captain in LAPD and is seen as somebody who's trusted by journalists and someone who's reasonable and someone who's uh, as the captain of the Hollywood division has kind of like crowed over the fact that uh, homicides are very, very down in his district. And he's credited that to his push to get urban nightlife out of Hollywood, which I think is absolute and utter bullshit and just like racist claptrap. The reason that Hollywood has seen a decrease in homicides is because the demographics of Hollywood has significantly changed over the last decade. Yep. What used to be a working class, poor, browner neighborhood is now very wealthy and very white and accelerating in that direction with every new gentrified condo development that's going in there. So like LAPD is... Also having a hard time dealing with this shit because it's happening in more affluent neighborhoods. You know, it's not happening in South L.A. It's happening in Mid-City. It's happening in downtown L.A. It's happening in Hollywood. It's happening in areas that have seen rapid gentrification over the last decade and more so over the last couple of years, I would argue. Um, But but at the same time that we're seeing LAPD sort of be more reasonable, I think this is just a lull Mm -hmm. and it's not something that's going to last forever. And I also want to say, you know, when you see PR stunts like Corey Polka yep. kneeling with protesters, giving like bumping fists with them, giving them hugs, doing the, the power fist walk with them, it's bullshit and it we is. don't kneel with cops. Nope. We do not betray the people that we are fighting for by making common cause with the people who will bust their heads and shoot them and kill them. Yep. That is bullshit. The point is not to get friendly with the cops and make them listen to us a little bit more before they bust our head open. The, the point is to defund the fucking police yes. and kick those guys out of a job. The only like, thing that they should we, be kneeling for is to ask for forgiveness for their fucking mistakes and handing in their guns. Exactly. And like, so 
what we're what we're seeing, and we see this illustrated very well in Buffalo, like other country, other parts of the country rather, are seeing a lot more violence from the police, and that's continuing. We're seeing curfews in other parts of the country. Yep. In Buffalo, a member of uh, Push Buffalo, and a, which is a, a member organization of People's Action, to which Ground Game LA and Power LA both belong, was pushed to the ground, and this was caught on camera. Seventy-five-year-old Martin Gugino was pushed over by two cops who have since been suspended. That entire unit that's with them have uh, decided that they are uh, also protesting this by just not showing up for work anymore. Yep. The mayor of Buffalo came out and called Martin an agitator who was helping fuel the looting in the city, which, like, fuck you, dude. You're literally lying. Yeah. This guy's a peace activist. He is a dedicated peace activist it's and community organizer. Exactly. He has no interest in seeing... No any damage or looting done to people. What he wants is for your violent, militarized cops to allow people to express themselves rather than getting pushed down on the fucking ground. And, like, you can sort of see the militarization of the cops happening here. When the cop pushes him over, he falls to the ground, loses consciousness, and one of the police officers goes to check on him, and the guy who's, like, leading that skirmish line, like, pulls him off and, like, makes the call. So instead of rendering aid immediately, that other cop is like, no, what's important here is roughing up these other protesters and establishing this this uh, skirmish line yep. not taking care of this old man and you can immediately see the cops move forward and arrest somebody who's just holding a sign for no yep. reason they then push around a reporter who's wearing their press credentials and has their whole recording kit like this is just out of fucking control yep. in a lot of the, the parts of the country and there's a bigger like fight to be had in LA we're seeing some traction on stuff like we're seeing the people in the city hall understand that there's a problem here even Eric Garcetti for all of his failings is beginning to say in the meekest way possible that there needs to be reforms to LAPD which is a good start now LAPD has already been re reformed many times yep. we were under a, dissent, a consent decree after 1992 that lasted for a decade I want to say if not longer mm. I'm, I'm too lazy to google it at the moment uh, we've seen Rampart we've seen so many other things happen where like LAPD gets reformed and so the newest like reform du jour is 8 can't wait before and I'm going to spoil this for everyone at the oh what I was going to say, ahead. before we go into that, I wanted to point out a couple of quick things relating to this Push Buffalo story. When people are talking about a few bad apples, this is proof that that's bullshit. Because if any of them were good apples, they would have been rendering some fucking aid. Every single member of that crew saw what happened, heard. You can hear it on the fucking video when his skull hits the ground. So you know that they are aware of this and that they choose not to respond. The one officer who tries to respond gets pulled away by his commanding officer or whoever the fuck it was that was in charge of that stuff, proving that even if they are, some of them are good, that they are not good enough to stand up when they've got a bully and a shitbag telling them that they can't do the right thing. And because if you can't stand up to that, it, this, the, the rest of that adage makes a lot more sense when it says, a few bad apples spoil the bunch. They're all fucking well, corrupt and rotten because the ones that are allowed to get away with this over and over and over again have set the tone. Actually, I, I'm going to kind of push back on that analysis because okay. I don't think it's correct. Okay. This is systemic, right? Yeah, like yes, yes, policing yes. and militarization and like militaries don't run as well as they do because they take they find the worst people in society and Fair. pull them in. Like those people do often end up in those orbits, but those people end up in a lot of shitty places, right? How many doctors we know are sexually abusing their patients? That's what it is, is the effectiveness of these systems to render people with the ability to dehumanize 
the folks that they're enforcing the law on, that they're imposing their version of justice yeah. and order on. It's not that every person in the military is a bad person. I wouldn't organize with vets if I believe that that was yes, the case. True, true. Instead, is that the military and the police have both adopted systems that allow them to train that those natural human instincts out of people and enforce that through a very rigid system of not just discipline, but also rewards. Being a police officer pays very well. You get camaraderie, you get gear, you get a special place within society. You yeah. know that the state is going to privilege your life. There's a lot of things that reinforce the desire to operate a certain way. And one of the things... Um, I forget exactly what the study was. It's not the Stanford prison study, but it's the one where people thought they were shocking another individual. Yeah. Right. Ooh. And one of the things was that Stanford, I think, but yeah, go for it. Well, one of the, one of the things that you kind of like miss in that study originally isn't that people will cause harm just because they're told to a lot of yeah. the contestants push back over and over again and say, I don't want to do this. The person who's telling them to turn the dial and shock the other person in front of them is pushing them in a very certain and specific way That's and getting more violent very, very and getting more point. commanding and getting more domineering. And eventually people acquiesce and then they don't feel so bad about acquiescing because what else were they supposed they were to do? And this isn't orders. to say there's a lot of sympathy for cops, yes. but that is to say that we cannot just fire every fucking cop or every fucking bad cop on the force and that's going to solve things. In order to solve this issue of police violence, we have to systemically dismantle policing and the military mindset. Those things have to be ripped out by the root from society. We can't just put new people into these systems. That will just result in the same corruption. It's these mm -hmm. perverse incentives that allow the, the military and the police to continue doing what they're doing. And, you know, there are some absolute pieces of shit out there. There are yes. also some really pe some people who think they are doing good. There are a lot of people who work in the policing infrastructure that will never pull their gun out. They will always sit behind a desk. They'll never be more than like somebody who pushes papers and memos. They're still complicit in this. Yes. But they're not the bad, shitty, violent people we're thinking of. But yep. they also need to be taken out of a job. We need to re-understand the way in which we look at law and order and the way in which we look at policing. Reforms like eight can't wait do not fundamentally fucking do that. The goal has to be defunding. But while we're on our way to that, let's talk about the eight can't wait campaign, which has ca captured the hearts and minds of uh, the liberals across the nation. And yes, thank you. This you have now once again reminded me why it is that I love doing this podcast work with you is that when I start to step out of line and, and go in the wrong direction, you pull me back. And being able to learn through this process is part of why I've been doing this with y'all for so long. Um, but yep. yes, so uh, it can't wait. Oh, shit. Um, OK, so the, the background on this one is what it's. Um, uh, Samson Youngway. So and this is, Duane yeah, it McKesson. comes from the the Vision Zero campaign, yeah. whose stated goal is yeah. to end police violence. Yeah. Um, they aren't abolitionists in that. Nope. They want to reform their way to zero. Exactly. So they propose these eight different ways that are supposed to fix policing somehow, and they're talking about. Well, you know, they what what they're guarantee what they're claiming is that if you institute all eight of these reforms, you will decrease instances of police violence in a given department by seventy two percent. So we're just going to accept 28% of police violence um, and probably the worst of that violence, right? Yeah. Like the vast majority of police violence that these reforms would stop would be the more minor stuff, like a cop who really wants to like go out there and murder someone. Mm -hmm. the, the reforms aren't going to stop them. And we know there are cops like that on the force, and we know that they're covered for. Absolutely. Um, by, their, by their colleagues. It's also worth pointing out here that like the city of Los Angeles, which is the deadliest police force in the country, 
uh, we've already implemented half of these things. So even if we implement the rest of them, I, there's no, we can't get to that 72% figure that they're talking about. But even if we could, again, what the fuck are we supposed to, like, we're supposed to just accept 28% of those deaths as like, this is just the price we pay to have the police to continue to exist the way that they do. So like, just to yep. really quickly read through what these eight steps that they say can't wait are, you know, banning chokeholds and strangleholds, require de-escalation training, require warning before you shoot somebody, uh, exhausting all alternatives before shooting somebody, uh, duty to intervene, which, holy, that doesn't fucking work at all. Uh, ban shooting at moving vehicles, good, but yeah. Uh, establishing use of police force continuum, or sorry, a use of force continuum, uh, and require that all force be reported. Like, okay. Yeah, um, so it, it, it's it's a it's a bunch of bullshit. Um, one one thing that I'm I'm very happy to see here is that uh, Patrice, well, also the, the other thing the other thing I want to yes. point out, LAPD has already instituted yeah, five yeah. of these reforms. Oh yeah, like five. Not we're already doing most of this stuff, and we're still one of the deadliest police departments in the nation. Yep. So yeah. Yeah. No. Exactly. That's that's what I exactly what I just said. Like it's we're we're already implementing half of this stuff or more, and it isn't helping. Uh, and yeah, so point here is that uh, Patrice Colors, who is one of the uh, co-founders of Black Lives Matter, uh, she also is a co-founder of what it's Dignity and Power Now is her org, I believe. Uh, you're nodding. This is good. Uh, they came out with a study here, uh, or not a study, a statement about Eight Can't Wait, which I think is important for us to just go ahead and read because uh, they are a primary source on this and their word should be taken as fucking gospel when it comes to these things. Um, and let's just get straight into it. Quote, the demands... Oh, no, I, sorry to, to mm -hmm. uh, correct myself. She's the co-founder of uh, BLMLA. Yes, but she's involved with Dignity and Power now as well. I forget what position. Um, oh, okay. Anyway, doesn't... Let's, let's not get hung up on that one. Uh, so, quote, the demands cited in 8 Can't Wait are a list of already tried and already failed reform points focused on, quote unquote, use of force. We've seen its effects across most states in the country, including New York. They were in place when Eric Garner was choked to death, leaving his family with no justice in the wake of his murder. Other demands, such as having police issue warnings before shooting, as well as self-reporting mechanisms that law enforcement has historically shown no interest in complying with, simply won't work. Quick fixes that amount to false solutions that absolve those who are most accountable for the harm of black and brown communities are an, inter an iteration of state violence that dignity and power now seeks to end. This kind of effort has the potential to separate us from the possibilities of real structural change that is long overdue. We are way past the moment where these demands are acceptable. Dignity and Power Now calls for a divestment from law enforcement and an investment in our communities. That is the only way forward. And that's the yep. end of that statement. And we couldn't say it better ourselves. We have, however, been trashing the shit out of 8 Can't Wait on Twitter. Uh, and it's been a hell of a lot of fun to do so. Uh, well, sorry and it's, if we it's make in the context, angry. in the in the context of Garcetti's cut, you know, LAPD's total budget is three billion dollars. So it's like one point eight billion dollars in operational costs that were proposed for this next year. And then it's like one point two billion dollars in pension and benefits obligations, which we can't touch the pension pension and benefits obligations. But like, holy shit, that's a conversation to have at a different time. But out of that one point eight billion, Garcetti wants to cut. 150 million dollars yep. 
that's that's nothing. That's mm -hmm. I think less than the increase that he was originally proposing. So LAPD would still be getting slightly more money than they did last year. Yeah, uh, it does nothing to stop that level of funding, especially like when you consider that every other department in the city of LA is facing a cut. Just keeping LAPD at the same level is essentially giving them a raise, uh, and it's. It's not nearly enough. And it's yeah. also like, let's talk about LAPPL. So they've been pushing back and they've been saying some really dumb shit. And LAPPL, <sighs> the Los Angeles Police Protective League, is the cop union out here. Yes. Um, and they've had some really, 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 really bad takes these last couple of weeks. They, they absolutely have. Um, so I don't have the statements in front of me right now, but they initially came out. We're not, we're not going to give them that free press. No, uh, absolutely not. But uh, they initially came out. So in a little bit of context for this one, we had the uh, the protests that were happening in downtown that were done by Black Lives Matter. Uh, this is, again, it is a continuation of the same weekly vigil that's been going on for well over two years at this point. Even during the coronavirus lockdown, the vigils continued. They were simply moved online through Zoom because, uh, you know, coronavirus is, is, is directly impacting the communities that are part of BLM more than any other communities in Los Angeles. So it makes the most sense for everyone within BLM to be extremely cognizant of the fact that uh, everyone in their org is much more at risk because of the systemic structural fuck-ups that are the Los Angeles uh, redlining legacies and all of the other yep. things. Um, anyway, these these vigils had been continuing. Uh, last week we said that, that, or last week we pointed out that the protests that happened that culminated in taking the freeway with the CHP officer running down a protester. That was the first in-person vigil that had been held, which then escalated into a protest, which then escalated into the freeway seizure. This week was the follow-up the next week, and it was a an entirely peaceful protest, and it was the single largest of these by Jackie Lacey, like the Jackie Lacey, it's a vigil for the families of the victims of state violence, but it is also a call for the resignation of Jackie Lacey. It started as a call for Jackie Lacey, a black district attorney, to do her fucking job and prosecute killer cops. She refused to do that. She refused to meet with BLM. So BLM kept ramping up their demands and eventually have now reached the point where they're just saying, Jackie, you got to do your job or we're saying, you know, or you, you've given up on do We've given up on getting you to do your job. Fuck you quit. And if you're not going to yeah. quit, we're going to make sure that you get replaced at the ballot box. That's why with ground game, with our endorsement, when it came to the DA's race, we were just saying, yo, vote for anyone who isn't D.A. Lacey because D.A. Lacey is yeah. trash at her job and she doesn't care about black and brown folks and she needs to get fucking fired. Uh, so you got to do that. With I mean, the speaking, box. speaking for myself. Yeah. Speaking for myself personally. Also, I'd just say that I, I would have preferred Rachel Rossi, but I'll settle for George Gascon. Yes. You know, ultimately, the point is to get uh, Jackie Lacey out and to get someone who's at least more reform minded in there. Yep. And I, I think we actually can do that. People are fucking pissed. So. Absolutely. Turning that anger into votes and not to say electoralism is all we need, but like that's an avenue to power that we shouldn't give up. You know, we can dismantle the DA's mm -hmm. office, um, but for the time being, while there is a DA's office, it's better that we be the ones calling the shots over that. Absolutely. So I, I, I share those sentiments completely. Um, point here was that while that protest was kind of winding down and they were, you know, thousands and thousands of people in the streets of Los Angeles. Let me uh, go ahead and show that picture again because we don't need our logo for this part. Um, it's not in the right layer. There we go. Uh, yeah, so the, these were like the, by far the largest protests that BLM has been able to turn out for these, uh, these vigils, and it was incredibly powerful. 
right on the heels of that, we had uh, city council announcing that they were planning to move a motion to start cutting money out of the budget for uh, the police department. And then Garcetti followed up and did his own press release. And the best part of all this was that the Los Angeles Police Protective League didn't know that these things were coming and found out about yeah. these announcements over tweets and were very upset about it. Uh, there's been some really yep. great coverage in the LA Times. I encourage everybody to go and read it. We don't have time to go into it in detail here. But regardless, the point here is that uh, the Los Angeles Police Protective League is big mad. And uh, they made some very interesting statements that seem to be alluding to like, uh, trying to invoke what would be the equivalent of the 25th Amendment here in Los Angeles, which doesn't exist, uh, claiming that Garcetti is in need of a, uh, a mental health checkup. Um, which is kind of sending a death threat when you find out how often LAPD kills people who are in the middle yeah. of mental health emergencies. Yeah, and also pointing out, they it, it, to, to escalate on that, they also were highlighting the fact that it's LAPD who is providing 24-hour security for the mayor of Los Angeles. He has armed guards around him who are LAPD officers, and him cutting their budget, they see as a threat, and it kind of seemed like they were threatening a bit of a coup d'etat, and it was absolutely wild to see that. Uh, there was also a video circulating yesterday of Monica Rodriguez, who is the chair of the Committee on Public Safety, which governs how all of the police stuff works in the city from the city council yep. perspective. She was just being berated and completely surrounded by an army of officers, most of whom were white. And the only officer who was allowed to speak to her was the black woman. It was absolutely yep. wild from an optics perspective, from what people were saying, the way that they were clapping for things, talking about, you know, basically saying that she criticizing her for bowing down to BLM. And they made some kind of an insinuation that like the mayor's proposal of spending $250, $250 million on uh, what he literally said was communities of color. LAPPL is dumb enough that they interpret that mean $250 million going to BLM. Which is, I, I mean, I, I'm in favor of that. Oh, like, do 100%. that. 100%. Give us, like, give us, give us the money. On. Yeah, yeah. No, totally. it's, it's incredibly stupid. No, and, and that was actually one of the things that BLM is really not happy about with what was going on in that, in that statement from Garcetti and from everyone else. They pointed out, like, they, they were paying very, very close attention. When Garcetti says communities of color, he's not saying black communities. He's not saying, yeah. you know, he's, he's very obtuse and loose in his language to make it very squishy so he can move things around and basically wiggle his way out of things because he is a consummate politician and he has no fucking spine. So fuck you, Garcetti. Uh, too little, too late, and we're still coming for you. Um, yeah, so let's, uh, let's talk about how which. we're coming. Yeah, let's talk about how we're coming for him. So uh, earlier this week, the yes. uh, ACLU, SoCal ACLU, uh, on behalf of Black Lives Matter and five other He's individuals, including a couple of journalists, yep. uh, sued the city of L.A. for uh, to for injunctive relief against the curfew, basically asking the courts to have the city stop having a curfew, saying that it violated uh, people's First Amendment rights Correct. and has resulted in a lot of arbitrary arrests. Uh, and it looks like they kind of won that one. Yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and read a couple of uh, quotes out of that lawsuit. Uh, quote, those orders have entirely eliminated all political protests in the night hours. 
Congress during a time when thousands of law-abiding people seek to express their opposition to racially discriminatory police violence. The orders have also prohibited a massive swath of entirely innocuous activity, including grocery shopping, recreational physical activity of any kind, and visits to loved ones, with only extremely narrow exceptions. And the orders have made it extremely difficult for certain journalists to report on what occurs at night. Uh, another part of the suit says, quote, their truly extraordinary suppression of literally all political protest after dark plainly violates the First Amendment. Their blanket restriction on all movement during those hours violates the Constitution's protection for freedom of movement. And then yep. moving on, uh, the lawsuit is basically charging for distinct violations, including violations of the First, Fifth, Ninth, and Fourteenth Amendments. Uh, of course, then in the wake of this lawsuit being filed, uh, Garcetti then immediately ended the curfew effective on Thursday night. Early in the week, the county board had actually voted to extend this curfew uh, and the state of emergency indefinitely. And uh, Bushido, uh, yeah. you have a bit of a claim to fame on that one because we were paying attention to what was going on. We were watching what was going on on the Board of Supervisors uh, website, and we saw that this agenda item had uh, been passed, uh, and we called them out on it. And then when we started talking about that, you got a, you got a direct tweet from the, uh, the Board of Supervisors, didn't you? Uh, yeah, well, they, they told me that I was wrong when I, I said <laughs> that um, they were voting on the curfew that day because apparently they'd voted on the curfew the day before also in a oh, non-public session. Yeah. So uh, what they were discussing that day going directly into closed session was uh, just some lawsuits and other stuff. But gotcha. yeah, it was just, it was dumb. Like the, the curfew got extended um, without any kind of public oversight or comment. And that's just basically five assholes deciding that they know what's best for yep. a county of 12 million people. But, it, it, you know, what I think what's more interesting here is how quickly the city of L.A. backed down because the county of L.A. wasn't really involved in this one. Um, the city of L.A. has basically uh, looked at the momentum on the streets and decided this is not a fight worth picking. Nope. Um, I would like to see this... Uh, this sort of tactic tried in other cities. Again, not that like the courts are the best way to solve these problems, but they mm -hmm. are an avenue to power. Mm -hmm. uh, I just don't know that other cities would be responsive. And this is one of the reasons why LA is very uniquely situated here is we are such a gigantic mass of ridiculousness yeah. that the people who are in charge are barely in charge. Like Garcetti's reign has always been very tenuous. You know, he, only about 30% of the city of LA knows who he is at best. And only like 13% of us voted for him at best. So <laughs> he's not someone who's really ruling with a mandate or that people are like super in love with. Yeah. He's rather just some guy who's like barely hanging on to the reins because LA elections being off your elections meant that they weren't paid attention to and they weren't run with the same sort of like oversight and vetting and actual like gladiatorial process that more competitive campaigns yep. in the city are run through. So it, it's, it's seeing this many people rise up at once in a coordinated fashion, in a, a way that has clear and concise and easily articulated demands. Like no one is asking like occupy, what do you want? Yeah. Right. The answer here is we want you to defund the police. Like mm -hmm. that's, that's what we're saying. Stop doing that. Care not cops, the people's budget platform. Like we have, the policies there already. The answers are already very clear. And so it's harder as an elected politician to blunt that sort of stuff. And it's one of the reasons why we're seeing another lawsuit erupting out of this, where yes. the National Lawyers Guild is also su is suing LAPD and uh, Mayor Garcetti for violations of the First Amendment because of the brutality and the brutal tactics. And like what we talked about last week, some of the same tactics we've seen deployed across this country, tear gassing protesters, mm -hmm. um, using curfew, using... Uh, 
failure to uh, disperse as reasons to arrest and hold people uh, using rubber bullets, batons, causing severe, if not life-threatening injuries to people. Um, I saw on Twitter that a protester had passed away from an asthma attack triggered by tear gas. I'm not exactly sure what city that's in, but it would not surprise me. Sacramento. Okay. Um, but that also wouldn't surprise me if there are more stories like that that we're going to be seeing, especially when we see the violence erupting on like the streets of New York. And there's a lot of injuries out there. Getting hit on the baton without wearing, or getting hit on the head with a baton when you're not wearing a helmet can cause a TBI, and you don't have mm-hmm. to be hit that hard to get a concussion. Like there's a lot of ways to injure a human body that takes a while to recover from. And most protesters aren't showing up out there with like body armor or anything. That one like Antifa super soldier dude, <laughs> that was like. That guy was dope, and oh, I, I, I will that follow clip. that man to the ends of the earth. But oh, most so people good. are just showing up in, like, jeans and a T-shirt and stuff. Yes. They're not ready to square off against militarized police officers, and we're seeing that on the streets. There's a lot of broken <laughs> fingers that I was treating. There's a lot of tear gas exposure. Uh, there's a lot of people with contusions and bruises and stuff that's going to linger for a while. So just, again, be really careful out there, even though... Uh, we're looking for injunctive relief against this kind of brutality. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that LAPD is really going to listen. You yeah, know, of course not. This is the same department that was there in 92. This is the same department that was there at May Day. This is the same department that's been brutalizing folks for decades in exactly this manner. Absolutely. Um, and now they have the backing of the National Guard, which in 1992, the National Guard killed someone. In 1968 in Watts, the National Guard killed someone. Obviously, Kent there's State. Kent State. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like there's not a precedent to not be paranoid. Like, this is one of those, like, it pays to be paranoid Totally, situations. totally, totally. And one of the things that's actually one of the most troubling things that I've seen uh, coming out, and I, I haven't seen uh, real confirmation of this, so I kind of feel like I'm potentially giving uh, some wings to a bit of a conspiracy thing, but uh, there is a rumor going around that, and there's there's possibly some, some very tr- truth, some core truths to it but apparently tear gas can act as an uh can trigger abortions and or menstrual cycles i I saw that passing i saw uh somebody asking about that on twitter and honestly like it wouldn't surprise me if that's the case like those are some gnarly chemicals and also just anytime you're fucking with somebody's body chemistry and all the adrenaline in their system like who fucking things yeah who knows? It's it, our bodies are such. And coming from a type one diabetic, uh, our <laughs> yeah. bodies are like super complicated and fragile systems, and yep. like things can throw them out of balance. Uh, and I think, like, you know, before we spend too much time on on um, speculating on medical stuff, and neither you or I are qualified yeah, co- to speculate correct, on. Correct, correct. You know, um, these <laughs> are super stressful times, and we're all physically wearing that. I know that I have been doing that. Um, yep. Like it's it's been really really. Um, it's been hard to get centered and grounded, um, but that's also true for the cops. And so before we move on to talking about our favorite corrupt city hall in the, in the nation, um, it's, it's very easy to feel like we're not winning or it's, it's we need to give up or we need to take a break or we need, we need to back off. Remember that there's only so many cops out there. There's only so many National Guardsmen. Like those, those ranks are not infinite. There's a lot fewer of them than there are of us. Absolutely. There's more of us to like take rests and take breaks and be able to show up there consistently and show up there every couple of days instead of every day because the cops are going to wear themselves out. They're wearing a lot of body armor. They're running around. They're all hyped up on adrenaline. The human body can't run that way yep. forever. Um, we can exhaust them just by peacefully showing up and doing nonviolent resistance. Like we, we don't have to necessarily at this point be hurling like Molotovs and shit like that. We can 
we can conquer them in a way, at least in this city, that hasn't been seen before. Like, there's a way to get to City Hall and to get our voices heard without us ever having to fire a proverbial shot. Mm-hmm. And that's really fucking amazing about this. It really and we is. have to keep that momentum going, especially when we're fighting against people who keep taking fucking boxes full of money oh, from developers, Chris. So we'll, oh we'll, my God. We'll do that. But I do want to, I want to read a couple of the segments out of this NLG suit before we move on. And also, uh, as Gina Viola has uh, hopped into the chat and said, we are just getting started. That is absolutely completely correct. This is going to go on for as long as it needs to go on. And we're only stopping when BLM says we can stop. End of story. Um, but speaking of that, prote- uh, the uh, the lawsuit that you mentioned earlier, the National Lawyers Guild is suing the Los Angeles Police Department uh, with Black Lives Matter, Congress, which is LA Can, uh, yep. and the uh, and Linus Shentu and went and Weston Roland. Uh, and other similarly situated individuals are the folks who are listed on the lawsuit. Quote, some of the larger demonstrations in the country occurred in the Los Angeles area. Over the course of approximately a week, the Los Angeles Police Department arrested more than 2,600 individuals engaged in peaceful protest. Moving on to part, another part in the lawsuit, quote, This was not the first time that the LAPD has engaged in these tactics. Over the course of the last several decades, the defendant city has been sued repeatedly for many of the same tactics on display the past week, including kettling pr- protesters before declaring an unlawful assembly excessive force with batons and rubber bullets, and the prolonged handcuffing and improper conditions of confinement for arrestees, end quote. Uh, mm-hmm. Suing for this injunctive relief to stop LAPD violence, to stop violations of constitutional rights by LAPD, and for compensatory damages to be determined. That's like what this whole lawsuit is about. There have been some truly fucking horrifying stories about women and femme-presenting folks being put onto buses and trapped there in the dark in handcuffs, then having like loud rock music blasted at them, uh, vaginal cavity searches, uh, very rough frisking of people, especially women of color. Like this, the, the LAPD is going to burn itself to the ground with the legal ramifications of all of the lawsuits that they have opened themselves up to with the way that they've been behaving in the last week. Uh, and yeah, it, it's, we need, when we say defund the police and abolish the police, what we're talking about is break this entire system down. Let's look at rebuilding a way to keep ourselves safe. That is not built on policing. That's built on community engagement, community programs, and actually taking care of people and providing the kind of services that they need. And yeah, fuck mm-hmm. LAPD. I'm yeah. Moving on. Whew. City hall. Uh, let me get yeah. up a fun little graphic for that one. Uh, we're going to go ahead and start talking about everyone's favorite protest, uh, corruption story, which centers right here in my district. Um, it's super fun. Like in the midst of everything else that's going on around the country, it's important to keep in mind that the Los Angeles city hall is still, uh, a den of thieves and a hotbed of corruption. And my city councilman, Jose Huizar, love you, buddy. Uh, you're right at the center of all of it. Uh, Joe Rubin wrote an article over at the LA Times that really sums everything up very nicely. So I'm just going to go ahead and read a couple of paragraphs out of that one and uh, also show you some clips of uh, just a reminder of where we're coming from on all of this. So um, just just still images. Quote, a political (laughs) operative pleaded guilty to bribery Wednesday, admitting admitting he helped a real estate developer pay off a Los Angeles City Council member for help with a major development project. The guilty plea by Justin Jung-woo Kim, 53, is the latest turn in an ongoing investigation by the FBI and the U.S. Attorney's Office into pay-to-play schemes and other corruption in City Hall. At a hearing Wednesday, which U.S. District Judge John F. Walter conducted over a video conference, Kim listened as a prosecutor read, 
L- LAPD, seriously. Shut up. Uh, Kim Lewis. It's, it's, they're they're going to be out today. Like, be careful. <laughs> I know. Like, yeah, please ah. be careful out there, folks. Uh, uh, howdy, it's David. I know took off and was in the chat earlier to go out and be on the streets, and we love you for it, but please stay safe. Uh, going back at a hearing Wednesday, which U.S. District Judge John F. Walter conducted over video conference, Kim listened as a prosecutor read a lengthy narrative detailing his role in the bribery scheme. When it was over, Walter asked whether Kim had done all the things the government claimed. Yes, I did, Your Honor, Kim replied. Uh, pin that bastard to the fucking wall. Take him for all he's worth. Holy shit. Uh, yeah, that, it's it's kind of wild what's been going on here. And yep. It's yeah, I, I don't know what else to say other than that. Why the fuck did it take this long for all of city council to get up and actually say anything about this? Uh, why? I mean, I OK, I totally understand that they don't have the power to actually make him step down. And were I Jose Huizar, I also wouldn't step down because you're going to be paying a whole lot of money for your lawyers and in fees and penalties, and you're going to be going to jail. So you might as well collect that fat paycheck for as long as you can, because you don't actually have to do anything because you've been banned from going to any of the council meetings. You've been stripped of all of your committee roles. So you're just being paid 200 grand a year to sit on your ass. And you still Well, the other thing is, well, this this is something that uh, that Spike has pointed out. Sorry to cut you off. No, no, no. Um, But uh, we we already have, we we have a guy who won the primary outright. Mm -hmm. Like Kevin DeLeon, is taking that seat next January. There is absolutely no reason they can't vote Weezar out and just give the seat to uh, Kevin DeLeon for the remainder of the term. Like, Nuri Martinez could could do that. Like, that could happen. Um, Especially in light of, like, what's going on with John Lee. Like, we should set the precedent for that now because, like, John Lee, if he doesn't face charges, I wouldn't be completely surprised, but he'll never be clean of this. And it no. sounds like he should definitely face charges. And if, like, the mayor of L.A. and the president of the city council had some wherewithal, they would set the L.A. City's attorney office on John Lee. And they would also set the L.A. City's attorney's office on LAPD pension abuse and overtime abuse. Like, yes. if we want to convict oh, cops here, program, we could please. easily, easily do that by just going after their double dipping, their uh, fraudulent billings, by going after them financially. We don't have to even have to prove that they've hurt anyone. Like, we don't have to enter into that. We can, th- that's the way that the U.S. federal government got Al Capone, yeah. right? It wasn't like any of the sexy bootlegging stuff. No. They're like, aha, taxes. <laughs> and like, that's how you fuck people in these situations. And also like, that's how these assholes can all afford to live out in Capabasis. Only yep. 25% of LABD lives in the city. Like, at least our city council members have to do their corruption from within their districts. Like, at least they have to be there yep. on some level. A lot of them don't. Like, they play kind of fast and loose with it, and they'll have houses in other places. But, like, LAPD, I think, is is this same level of egregious, but no one's looking into it. And I, I, I know why the FBI is not going to look into it, but city council could commit to doing that right now and save themselves a shit ton of money. Yeah. Like, oh my God, it's an austerity budget. We're looking to save money. Cut down on LAPD abuse. Yeah, well, absolutely. And like one of the other things that they absolutely should be doing right now and that like uh, Rob Kwan, a uh, friend of the show and friend in general, uh, like <laughs> I, I have never met anybody that is more concerned with the uh, the drop program, the defy, the deferred. No, drop is absolute another, but bu- yeah. just absolute another bullshit. It oh is. my god, it's so bad. But I've, I've I've never met anyone who like that is like their 
cause uh, you know the resin that that they they have as far as all like the center of all activism. Rob, I will follow you through the gates of hell on that one because I I'm right there with you. Absolutely, and if anybody is not aware of this, uh, just a quick little anecdote about uh, the drop program. Um, our current chief, Michael Moore, uh, took a a a very um, brief retirement. Uh, before he was appointed as the chief of the Los Angeles police. And when I say brief, I mean really fucking brief. A day! Uh, one day! <laughs> one day! He was Captain Moore, and then he was retired Captain Moore, and then he was Chief Moore. Uh, yeah, it's really good. Um, it's like Eric Garcetti showed up at his house and was like, you're a chief, Michelle. <laughs> right, that was my, my bad Hagrid impression. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, one day retirement secures you over a million dollars in pension payouts because of the fucking drop program. And that's if that's not double dipping and scheming the fucking system, I don't know what is. I mean, he's already got an insane salary. He's already proven that he doesn't deserve a fucking penny of it. His his statements at City Hall this week are completely unforgivable and he deserves to be harassed and maligned every fucking minute of his life uh, for the till the end of time. And I will also give a huge shout out to all of the very creative people who have figured out how to use their time on public comment over Zoom when harassing the entire police commissioner's board. Uh, y'all are heroes. Please keep it up. There's another one of those going on on Tuesday. Uh, get in there early because it's something like uh, 500 people was the cap that they put on that Zoom call. Um, and I, I am pleased also to see that some of them have turned into uh, memes at this point. Yep. And uh, get creative. We've got lots of creative folks, you know, writing pe- people who write for Hollywood and for TV shows and everything else. Get out there, put your best quips together, slam them bodily for their bullshit that they've been perpetuating forever and their massive corruption. And, you know, Chief Moore grossly incompetent, racist shitbag, blaming protesters for the death of George Floyd? Fuck you. Straight, just fuck you, yeah. Michael Moore. You've got... Uh, and it, yeah. Uh, yeah, I, no, it, not, not super helpful on any level, but no, also completely to be expected uh, from a guy who shot two different people during, uh, the, during his career. Gotcha. Both times, Daryl Gates signed off on the shooting, by oh. the way. Both times, huh. Daryl Gates, paragon of, of police ethics, was like, no, nah, it's cool that, uh, that, that Michael shot someone. Yep. Uh, oh, but anyway, so... Gina's actually correcting me. Uh, it's, they canceled the Tuesday meeting. They moved it to Wednesday this coming week. So okay. uh, fire up that Zoom call on Wednesday, not Tuesday. Sorry. Thank you, Gina, for correcting me on that one. And just to quickly answer you, Kendall does not do the podcast on Saturdays. Kendall does the live show as a co-host most of the time. And well, though I'm I'm doing it, it again up. this Wednesday. We're yes, kind of are. we're kind of rotating. Like the plan for the Twitch show is people are going to like rotate through yes. it. Um, you're stuck with me and Chris. Yeah, uh, on the podcast. This is uh, us. But yeah, for the, the the Twitch show, we wanted to keep it like looser and more experimental. So we're like, hey, anyone in within like ground game or even somewhat our extended orbit that feels comfortable doing this and like your politics don't suck, like. Yep. We can have you on the Twitch show. It, we've got a good team, and we're just like fucking with it, and that's what democratizing information is all about. Uh, I, being a, a little bit of a fan of Zizek, and you know, therefore a Stalinist, uh, exert an iron-fisted control over the podcast uh, until Chris, you know, you know, unseats me in a, a coup d'état. But you know, we'll wait. We'll 
we'll, we'll see. Uh, leftist politics gets fun. But let's talk about like what's going on. So there is yes. way too many actions to cover. There is shit today. There is shit tomorrow. There will be stuff going on all yep. weekend. I guess the big one to flag is Monday morning. Uh, there's going to be a Black Lives Matter action, a memorial for George Floyd and other people who have lost their lives to police violence. Uh, that's going to be happening in downtown L.A. I believe it's wrapping up around noon, correct? Something like that, yeah. That's, yeah. it's, uh, the plans, I believe, are still kind of in flux, but there there will be actions. Uh, the Black Lives Matter action on Monday. Watch out for word about it. Uh, we, you know, this, because everything is such a fluid situation and things are changing so frequently, uh, ground game, uh, the best way to keep up with what the hell is going on, and we're not even going to try to say it here on the podcast, just go follow us on, on Twitter. Follow Ground yeah. Game LA on Twitter. Uh, follow us on Instagram. Hit us up on all the social media, on Facebook, whatever. We are trying to do our best to disseminate that information and get it out to y'all, making sure that everybody's able to show up to these protests when they're happening because uh, this is not stopping. This is not going to stop nope. until, you know, once Molina says yeah, we've achieved enough, we can, you know, rest for a little bit and recover, then we can slow down. But yep. the fight will continue. The protests might ease back off a little bit it's, but. no it's what's 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 gonna happen is you know uh peaceful protest is going to be more accepted things yes. are going to de-escalate oh. like the police uh, are not stupid they understand they're losing the pr battle even in places where they're being vicious they know they can't do that forever um so there's going to be a bit of a lull and things are going to quiet down but we're gonna have a long hot disaster filled summer yes like shit's gonna pop there's already a tropical storm that's going to wallop Florida, and name. we're just gonna, yeah. It, hey, god damn it, Chris, stop doing that. Uh, but it, we're we're going to be like in this shit for a while, yep. so don't don't think like you need to burn yourself out now. This is a marathon, not a sprint. Uh, but also, like, be careful the actions you're showing up to. Like, know who's organizing them, know what the point is. Uh, some friends of mine invited me to an action at Hollywood and Vine, and when I looked into it, it's fucking refused fascism. So. No, I will not be showing up at a refused fascism action because their politics Fuck suck and they're a weird, guys. creepy group. Um, at the cult. same time, yeah, it, <laughs> straight but, up, you know, do some do some research before you just head out there. Fuck like, Bob be smart about what you're doing, like where you contribute your labor, where you're voting with your feet. That yes. matters. Giving legitimacy to folks like refused fascism or just like terrible, terrible ideas. There are better ways to put in your time and labor. And there are ways to put in your time and labor not on the front end. Get in with Mutual Aid LA. You can go to mutualaidla.org. We've got a lot of remote work. We're getting ready to like really up our scale. We've collected a bunch more money recently. But there's also just other shit that you can be doing from your home or from like your local neighborhood that doesn't require you facing off with cops. Not all of us want to do that. Not all of us can do that. It, it's not it's not something that people wake up in the morning and think like I want to do like that. Most people at least. Yep. And there's plenty of other ways to contribute and support your community, taking care of your neighbors, making sure they have what they need, making sure that like people have earthquake kits. Remember we got, we've been seeing a couple of big earthquakes ish around had LA an earthquake while we were doing the live yeah. show. My chair I didn't was moving. Feel it. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. It's been such a long year since last week. Uh. Um, but yeah, you know, <laughs> like doing that stuff, community care, uh, taking care of your neighbors, taking care of your family, that is the important work that we have to be doing as and, well as going uh, out there and making yeah. our voices heard. Like, we need to be a spider web, not a not a bicycle with spokes. Yep. We want to all be interconnected and organic and flexible. Ooh. And like, each of us is a node in that. And the more people that we're able to connect with and trust and build affinity with, the better and stronger that network becomes. That so is the best I'm going to slash rant on that one. No, that's the, literally the best analogy for how this organizing must be done that I've... Look, I, 
I just steal this from people smarter than me. Uh, I just I get this from people's action organizers that I work with. I like listening and listening to very smart people watching like Zoom recordings on YouTube of like activist meetings and public forums. It's it's it, there's a wealth of knowledge out there. And a lot of this I'm drawing from yep. the people that are leading this. And, you know, I just want to say, because we, I feel like we should say this, we need to uplift this as much as we possibly can. This is a black-led movement, yes. and this is a black-led moment, and it must continue to be that. And, like, we're showing up for black lives. That's, that's what we're doing, and yep. that's why we're fighting this fight, and that's why black voices are leading this. And they're doing an amazing, brave fucking job yep. and like it's intimidating to organize with some of these people because the power that they possess yep oh and a quick shout out melina abdullah dr melina abdullah you did an amazing job uh, I, I mean uh, on literally everything but I, I just watched a clip this morning where she bodied the cnn reporter who made some bullshit statements about like the black lives matter movement dying down and she's like no 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 no, no. we didn't die down you guys just stopped covering us fuck you and it was just it was so good it was such a good clip from like some early morning cnn stuff that uh that melina called into it was uh it gave me chills to watch but anyway as always if y'all have any events that you want us to be taking part in publicizing just being made aware of please 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 send us a message you can reach us through the ground game la facebook page uh, send us a message on twitter uh, you can hit up Bushido or myself on Twitter. We're entirely too online and we're going to do it till we die. Uh, this podcast yep. and every Ground Game podcast is a production of Knock.LA. You can please, please support our work over on Patreon at patreon.com slash knock underscore LA. Uh, of course, you can please check the description for sources, links to actions, and social media links. And again, in this time of absolute chaos, we're not going to go into the details of what the hell's going on this week because we don't know, but we will be posting as much of information about protests and actions as we can once we have that information available. Uh, thank yeah. you so much for tuning in. Always a pleasure. Thank you, Bushido, for all of your work on this this week. It's been a hell of a week. Uh, this is so much fun to do. And uh, yeah, stay angry, stay organized, and stay focused on the goal because black liberation is something that's going to take all of us. And uh, defunding the police is not nearly as radical of a thing as people made it out to be. And once you start to realize yeah. that, uh, the world gets a little bit brighter. So, no, cheers. remember, before, before we send you all on your way, uh, burning a police station has a 54% <laughs> approval rate in this nation right now. It's the Polls most higher than either presidential co candidate. So, burning police stations. For the presidency 2020. Uh, thank you all very, very much for tuning sticker, in this folks. week. Yeah, thank you all very, very much for tuning in this week. Love you all. Stay safe out there. We'll catch you as soon as we can. Thank you.
Thirty-one more. Thirty-one more. Thirty-one more. Thirty-one more. 